I'm excited to welcome you all back to In Retrospect. This is episode 23, Courage Reigns, an interview with Angie Moody. Angie is the director of therapeutic horsemanship for the organization Courage Reigns, whose mission is to help children with physical or cognitive disabilities or those who have been abused to find hope and strength through the healing therapies of working with horses. Angie was gracious enough to be roped into talking about these special experiences today in retrospect. Yeah, it's almost like those big eyes look right into your soul, right? The little boy um, turned to Sterling and said, um, look at me, I'm not disabled, I'm riding a horse. I've seen a few times that, you know, we'll have a child in a wheelchair and the horse will come up and put its head in their lap or just touch it gently with their nose. And, and the mum and dad are crying and they come over to me and the mum hugs me and she's that's the first time my little boy's ever said a word in his life. Welcome to the Yorkshire studio, Angie Moody. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm beginning to um, give you some surprises you didn't know about. (laughs) (laughs) And we have also in the studio, and this is the last time I'm going to remember asking your name. Will Marriott. Will. Will Marriott, who is here for moral support? I don't know. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah, he's going to help me with that quiz on horses a little Uh, bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can phone a friend. Um, Angie Moody was born in England. In the Midlands, which I had to look up and understand what that meant. And uh, there's not a, a year on here, and that's fine. Uh, she graduated from uh, with honors uh, with a bachelor degree from Bristol University. And I'm assuming your major was your... Um, what was your major? My major um, was history. Oh. And specifically the study of medieval intellectual history. Goodness. Okay. That yeah. sounds really smart. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Um, <laughs> she uh, currently works as the director of therapeutic horsemanship, an instructor and a horse trainer at Courage Reigns in Highland, Utah. She's lived in the United Kingdom, in France, and now in Utah. And welcome to the show, Angie. Thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, first thing I want to talk about is, well, now I want to talk about something different. Uh, your major. What was that all? Tell me how you got into, okay, medieval Medieval intellectual history. So, um, yeah, I suppose when you're 18 and you're just figuring out what you want to do with your life, you just, uh, at the time, I didn't really know. So I just picked something that I loved, which was history. And I specifically enjoyed something that was very different from uh, modern day history, just because it felt more like, um, you know, um, discovering something that uh, that was very far away, very distant way of living. And then the intellectual history piece is just about how thought came about and uh, why people think what they think and dissemination of thought throughout uh, cultures and countries and yeah. And did did you have a, a really influential professor, one that you just yeah, loved? Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, I had a, there was a, a guy there called Ian Way. Um, he was uh, very influential and he was very, made everything very interesting, very exciting to learn about. What, what, are, what is the career path that many of your cohorts 
have ventured off to since that time. I mean, um, there can't be that many jobs in medieval... No, I think some of them became university professors. My intention with mine was actually to finish up with history and then study law. Uh, I wanted to be a family lawyer and make a difference in people's lives in that way. Um, but unfortunately, I had quite a tragic event happen while I was... Um, just finishing out my last couple of weeks at university uh, my little brother died and so I ended up coming home and not staying on to do a master's uh, in law so so life just took me on a different path on a different journey and um, yeah I guess just embrace that and figured out a different route wow yeah and you, you is your family all still in England? Yeah, my mom's there. Um, I have a mom and a stepdad and a dad. And yeah, I had one little brother, unfortunately died of a thing called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Goodness. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> help me settle something um, and, and just forgive my ignorance. Um, and we won't dwell too much on this. Every single time that I speak to someone who is from across the pond... Yeah. I always hesitate and stutter because I don't know whether to say England, Britain, UK, oh. um, <laughs> Great Britain. And so what, when you say you're from, where do you say? I'm from England. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'll just say that. Yeah. There's many different names for the same place. Yeah, there is. I think, um, yeah, I think UK, I think, is the United Kingdom being incorporating Wales and... Uh, part of Ireland. Scotland. Or Scotland, I mean. Yeah, and yeah. part of Ireland. And so I'm definitely from the England part. Okay, and how did you get into horse riding? Um, well, as a little girl, I loved horses, always wanted horses. But back in England, that's quite an expensive uh um, hobby and one that my family couldn't allow me to pursue so when I had my own little girl I sort of transferred my passion and love of horses I suppose to her and um, found that she loved it too so when she was three and we were living in France um, she got lessons at a pony club Mm -hmm. And um, I just loved that. I was very excited. And then we moved out to Utah and we had the intention of buying horse property so we could get horse for her. But really, it was for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, we moved out to here to Utah and, and unfortunately couldn't quite get the horse property. Um, so we started, I started volunteering at Courage Reigns uh, 10 years ago, just down the road from us here. And um, that was really for myself and for my daughter. We needed a little um, horse time in our lives. It was our own sort of therapy, plus moving somewhere very far away and not knowing anywhere. We needed um, something, somewhere where we could belong. And sure. I, I didn't have a work visa at that time. My husband had one. So volunteering was a way that I could keep busy while my children are at school. And so... Yeah, it's 10 years ago is, is that's how hmm. I really I got into horses. How old are your, your, your girls? Uh, Isabel is um, 17, going on 25. Uh -huh. And then I have a son, Louis. Um, he's 14. Okay. <clears throat> Very good. When I, um, I, my grandparents lived in Moses Lake, Washington, in the middle of the state. And they had horses. So we would go up from Texas. I grew up in Texas. 
And uh, some of my neighbors in Texas had horses also, but I, I, I wasn't really allowed to ride them unless I snuck onto their backs. Oh, um, right. And so at my grandfather's, uh, grandpa's house, we would ride the horses. And some of my earliest, most powerful memories uh, are uh, with horses. The smell of their sweat. Oh, yeah. Um, that's one of my all-time favorite smells in the yes. world. <laughs> yeah. The smell of a sweaty horseback. Um, along with lilac and lemon and things like that, orange. Um, but I vividly remember how enormous the creature was. I mm-hmm. remember being young and how big their eyes were, their, their, their snouts or, you know, I don't know what their, their faces and, and just how, um, powerful they were. Um, I remember being bucked off of one and I yeah. mean, there aren't that many creatures you experience as a child that are... Um, were you fascinated like that? And have your kids been fascinated with horses? Um, have they taken up riding also? Yeah, my my daughter and I um, ride together. Um, we do um, what's called endurance riding, which is essentially um, sort of a long distance cross country. Uh, it's kind of a race, but it's not really essentially about who wins. It's about how fast you do it, but it's also really about... Um, the adventure and um, staying on your horse and discovering, you know, a new areas and and, and um, enjoying just mm. being out in the wilderness with your horse. So I think for my daughter and I, we're a lot more about the relationship with the horse and the connection with the horse um, than than the power of it. I guess it's so sure. it's sort of like the relationship people might have with their pets, you know, with their dogs, you know, uh-huh. that sort of connection. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like there's 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 something so mythical and something so uh, something about the horse though that's beyond a dog or beyond a cat. I think so. Yeah, I think um, the there is a partnership that takes place with a horse that uh, you don't necessarily uh, have with um, with other animals, and um, yeah, it's almost like those big eyes look right into your soul, right? They, you know, there's something very deep about a, uh, a horse and their relationship they have with us. And like you're saying about, there's something about the smells too. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hear that from a lot of clients as well, that they, they come in and they take a big deep breath and like, oh, it smells so good in here, yeah. you know, and um I think with horses, you're either you're in it and you totally love it or you're just not into it. So, uh-huh. yeah. Can, so can you give me some background on Courage Reigns? Um, who started it? That I, I, didn't, I didn't see that on your website. Who founded it? Um, um, do you, or do you... Yeah. I, there was a, a number of people that founded it, really, in the... the outset and it's been um, about 20 years now that it's been yeah and it's really actually grown into what it is through the care um and love of her of the Gardner family um Shelley and Sterling Gardner have really nurtured it they're the ones that have um have, have made sure that courage has a substantial property to be on and are really the the caretakers of that and they're the ones that have recently developed our uh lovely brand new indoor arena yeah i've watched them build that over the past year absolutely gorgeous beautiful yeah Yeah, beautiful and do you have any sense for what they would say was 
you know, did they wake up in the middle of the night one one night and decide to do it, or I think what was their impetus for doing well, that? Well, specifically from Sterling's perspective, I know he had um, an experience which really um, sold him on the crucial benefits that uh, a child with disabilities can feel. So he was out volunteering at a at a different facility. And um, it was his very first time, and he is a little little boy. Um, he was in a wheelchair, and he was very concerned. He's a an endurance rider too, so he knows that horses can be very reactive and unpredictable and dangerous, actually. So he had some concerns about this little mm-hmm. boy coming out of a wheelchair and being put on a horse, and mm-hmm. that perhaps wasn't the greatest idea that anybody had ever had. Um, but he was sort of going along with it and, um, he, it was the very first time he'd helped out and he was what we call at Courage Reigns being a sidewalker, which means that he was helping maintain that young boy's stability on the horse, helping him stay up there and not, sure. not slide out of the saddle. So someone's <clears throat> lead walking the horse and there's somebody the other, somebody the other side. Um, and the little boy, um, turned to Sterling and said, um, look at me, I'm not disabled, I'm riding a horse. Mm. And it choked him up to such an extent that he felt that uh, that's, he needed to, to mm. open this opportunity to not feel that you have a disability um, to, to many more people. And it's kind of driven him ever mm. since. And since then, there's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of mm. uh, children and adults like that that really um equine therapy has dramatically improved their quality of life Hmm. all of a sudden this kid had four functioning legs yeah he had mobility and he was up and he felt um you know i don't like to use the word normal but he felt normal you know and from the parents perspective too that gives them an enormous amount of hope because you know our children are involved in soccer and american football basketball and they're you know the the normalcy of things that kids do at school when you have a child with a with some severe disabilities like that you know you think well well what can they do and and riding is something that they can do Hmm. from your website there's this um statement from physical and cognitive disabilities to victims of abuse children from all over utah find hope and a safe space at courage reigns yeah that kind of sums up what you're saying yeah definitely hmm uh, are you, uh, are there any stories that you'd be at liberty to share about specific individuals and maybe you didn't, you wouldn't name their names, but I saw some videos on your website, you know, the, with some children's names on there, um, that have had their lives changed for the better. Anyone that you could speak of? Um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't like to say the child's or the sure. individual's name, yeah. but there's definitely, there's so many stories. Um, I actually don't know which one to pick. That's got to be hard. Um, it's yeah. like when people ask me, tell me an interesting yeah. ER, ER story. I can't yeah, think of over 10 years of being there, um, and there's hundreds and hundreds. Um, maybe, uh, you can think on I it. I can think can on it. I can it. share, I can share one straight away, very early on story, which sold me on Courage Reigns as a volunteer. 
Um, I was volunteering um, in a lesson with a three-year-old boy. His mom and dad were watching. Um, it was the first session he'd ever had. I was just a sidewalker, not the instructor in there. Um, and we've got some toys, and I don't really know what's going on with this little chap. He's he's four years old. I do know that he's not speaking. He's not saying anything to me or uh, communicating um, at all. And so um, we're just playing a basic game of woe and go, the red light, green light. That okay, when sure. the light's on red, yeah. you ask your horse to woe. When the light's green, you ask your horse to go. And he's not using his words or at all using any sign language. And so I grabbed this um, red dragon from from our toy box and i and i say the red dragon is going to help you ask your horse uh to go and ask your horse to woe and and i say are you ready red dragon and i get the red dragon to nod and um and i say ready red dragon are you ready to tell your horse to go and he says the red dragon says yes go Uh and the little boy said go and um and i thought oh that's cool and then and then we got the little boy to say yes with the red dragon. Anyway, we get back to mom and dad. Um, it was only a short 30-minute ride. And the mom and dad are crying. And they come over to me. And the mom hugs me. And, and I say, you okay? And she says, that's the first time my little boy's ever said a word in his life. And, uh, you know, to be part of that. I'm going to get upset talking about that. But that was my defining moment where... I think, wow, there's something magical about this horse-human relationship that just allows this little child to feel free to use his very first words at four years old. So, My goodness, wow. You know, I just have better have a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, but that, what a powerful experience. Yeah, and that's, that was my very first one. And so <clears throat> there's been hundreds of those since. So, but that was my moment when I was like, wow. There's something in this that's really quite extraordinary. Yeah, what an amazing moment to be able to experience that with those parents. Yeah, and just as a volunteer, just as a helper. Sure. Yeah, it was lovely. Hmm. Um, Let me ask you... Sorry about that, I didn't mean to cry. (laughs) Oh, tears are permitted up here. Um... Can you tell me what took you to France? Oh, um, an adventure. My husband and I have always been world travelers and um, we had our two children and we felt ready for an adventure. And my husband works for a big company and um, we decided that we wanted to put ourselves up for an opportunity to experience living somewhere else. And a job came up in in France in the uh, in the Rhone Alps and we said yeah we can do the Rhone Alps that'd be cool (laughs) and so we moved with two very young kids and a cat um okay over over to near Grenoble yes (laughs) so yeah did did you learn French over there or you already knew I I spoke French um from high school but really honestly it was uh, did not uh, was not sufficient, so sure. really learnt while we were living there. Uh-huh. Yeah, you were there for how long? Three years. Okay. Yeah. And then, out of all the places in the whole world, how did your little family arrive here in Utah? Yeah. 
um, again, it was with his work. You know, we okay. were we were just like three years. This has been a fun adventure. Let's go on another one. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> and so two jobs came up. One was in Singapore, and one was in Utah. And we just decided that America was probably a little going to be a little easier with with mm-hmm. two children um, to manage that transition than Singapore. And so. Yeah, we just yeah. went for it. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is—I've never been to the, you know, to the Alps. I mean, but this is not probably not it's far funny. from it's it. It's very similar, actually, yeah. in terms of the climate as well, and in similar in terms of when you have those inversion days. Days the same. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, surrounding mountains, sort of living in a bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, your uh, from the website website there are. Um, Okay, there are four or five different types of therapies, um, and maybe we could talk about those. You yeah, could explain definitely. them. We have therapeutic writing, hippo, and advanced therapy. Of course, that seems kind of odd, the word hippo. Psychotherapy, growth and learning activities, and natural horse, horsemanship. Um, what, what are the differences between therapeutic writing and hippo and advanced therapy? Um, the difference there is really the focus, the goals, and the person who's running the session. So for therapeutic riding, you're going to have somebody who's an equine specialist, somebody who's got skills in riding. Um, and at Courage Reigns, the uh, uh, majority of us have um, done a certification through PATH. PATH is the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. And what that does, it combines... Uh, knowledge of riding with knowledge of uh, individuals with special needs. Um, and then it helps you understand the benefits, um, the, the physical motion that the horse uh, has and the therapeutic benefits, the recreational therapeutic benefits of actually being involved in an activity like riding. Um, and then, so therapeutic riding is is run by a riding instructor ET, equine therapy, or um, hippotherapy is run by someone who is a licensed therapist, um, whether it be occupational therapy or physical therapy. Okay, okay. And so what they do is they combine uh, their knowledge of the horse's three-beat swing gait, that's the movement that the horse has, their dynamic movement, and how that influences the the physical um, development or recovery of a patient that's coming to see them. Um, Mm. And so that is a very specific goals that, uh, like if you're going to physical therapy, sure, yeah. you would use the horse basically. Tailor-made for yeah, you. Yeah, uh-huh. tailor-made. Um, <clears throat> and so you use the horse as your, um, as your modality um, in that situation. Okay. Yeah. And hippo meaning the Greek that's right. horse. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. and that's where that comes from. Which I did not have to look up on Wikipedia last night. I fully <laughs> remembered. Yeah. Um, okay, yes, hippo and, and psychotherapy. Usually psychotherapy, I think about a ther- you know, a psychiatrist, yeah, again, that's psychologist right. speaking. Yeah, and it's similar. Again, you have the professional, which is the, <clears throat> the therapist, uh-huh. and then you're using the horses as the modality for allowing that therapy to, to take place. How does that happen specifically? Is, there, is the horse by a um, couch? You know, while yeah, you know? <laughs> it's 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 going to be the same um, 
outcomes as you would have through an office-based therapy. But what happens is the horses do what horses do, right? You'd have, so I'll set up in your mind like how that would look. You have a therapist in the room and you have a equine professional and then the client plus three or four horses in an arena. The horses are doing what horses do. Sure. just (laughs) Communicating with each other and and having their... equine conversations the um the client interacts with those conversations and puts their own meaning on what's happening um so for example uh if the one horse is turns its back to the client the client might say something like that's exactly what my family are doing to me right now they're just ignoring me so they they're putting their own meaning on the situation and through those uh the the interactions that take place with a horse and the meaning that the client puts on that situation a lot of really valuable discussion takes place that perhaps is not as forthcoming in an office uh setting sure so it's still the therapy goals are still the same that take place in an office Mm -hmm. uh setting but um the horse and and what takes place in that arena allows for other uh, other discussions to come about modalities of discovery yeah, the, yeah. of discovery that uh-huh. perhaps would not take place and it's it's this is this the model we use is called igala and the igala model has been around for many many years it's been very very successful and in the last year at courage reigns we've uh, reintroduced it at courage and we've had enormous success with it um people have found it very valuable very insightful very revealing um that's the method you just described yes and okay. uh, we have a few groups um that come in and and have group therapy in those settings with us okay. as well interesting um, yeah. so it's almost like when the therapist might have a child just draw what's going on in Absolutely. their life or draw what Absolutely. they're afraid of. Or... It's just another modality uh-huh. of, of, of exploration for therapy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to chime in at all? Yeah. I'm if, looking at Will. Yeah. If, if you do, you'll need to come closer. Yeah, this is not my area of expertise. <laughs> but, but you're, you're yeah. too far away for the microphone to pick it up. Will wants to say something. <laughs> come on over. I, I don't know. Yeah, she's happy to let you have the seat here for a second. Hi, my name is Wait. Oh, what? No. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to add anything specific that she hasn't already explained, but I think the the therapy, the psychotherapy side of it is so interesting because um, the the participant uses the or the, or the therapist uses the horses as a metaphor. And everything we experience in our life, when we're going through our day, our realities and our our current state of mind is is where we're at, right? And so everything that happens becomes a part of that experience. And those horses, because of their reaction to emotion, to body language, can tell you a lot about yourself and about your situations. Huh, almost like a mirror. Yes. That, okay. Yes. And huh. so they become a metaphor in that person's experience of life that helps them 
to understand themselves and understand what they're going through in a way that allows them not to have to reflect personally, internally, and then share that with a huh. therapist. Huh. And and I think, especially for teens and uh, or people who just don't want to talk about it, sure. this is a really powerful way to, to experience therapy because instead of pointing inwards towards into that person, they can point outwards to a horse sure. and an experience that helps them work through what's going on and not have to have it hmm. be so internal and not have to explain yeah. it in words so much. They might feel safer, it sounds yes. like. It, totally. But, yeah, yeah. And, and and besides, it can be fun. It's a different um, scenario. They don't have to sit and look at a person and talk to a person they can right. look outward right within a uh, in a you know contained office setting sure yes that's cool yeah thank you will uh and you said you you gave a name egala method what what, what did you say egala method egala how yeah. would you spell that e a g a l a okay What's that? Equinus assisted growth and learning. Oh, equinus assisted growth and learning. There you go. I was, I was picturing some Italian psycho- psychologist. Or, that's his last name. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Regala. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, I, you can be thinking about this, um, any funny moments. I mean, I, certainly, and the same is true in my job. I'm sure it is in yours, that there's a lot of heaviness. There's a lot of, you know, really, you know, seriousness but there's got to be some funny moments um horses are you know temperamental and uh, you know them better than i but if there's anything that comes up maybe we can talk about it later okay okay um and at this point it's it's kind of time to take the quiz oh no oh no It's time for Two Minutes of Glory, the game where our guests answer questions from the subjects they love best. Oh, have no, have no fear. Have no fear. Have no fear. We have another ladies in charge of the mental health side of things, so I just honestly don't worry about that. <laughs> you don't worry about what? The mental health program is taken care of by another director okay you mean your own mental health for taking this quiz oh my mental health it needs to be taken care of by someone else yeah okay okay so we have you have two minutes okay and if you get 10 um uh correct then you win this mug can wow. you imagine a better honor and um you can display that proudly at Kerr drains the um if you'd like me to pass, we can do that and come back. If you know the answer, you can cut me off ahead of time. Just, you know. Okay. Does this sound like fun? No. <laughs> I'm going to fact check your facts, though. Oh, yes. Yeah, no. This oh, is yeah. Off. You know what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. No, wait a minute. Now, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you won't have time to search it. Life but, without Google. Yeah, by the, by the time you... No, I try to make it as achievable as possible. Okay. Um, okay. Here's your quiz. And it's all about horses in fictional horses, mythological, oh my uh, gosh. real life, uh, okay, <laughs> hi- historical figures. Okay, so, and we will begin, uh, anything that has to do with horses, we'll begin uh, now. The title character from author Walter Farley's best-selling series about an Arab stallion and his young owner, Alec Ramsey. Black. Black. 
Beauty. Black Stallion. Black Stallion. Yeah, Black Stallion. Will's going to help. Okay. Black Stallion. Will's Correct. Will's helping me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the horse well. ridden by Gandalf the White, Lord of all horses. Will, come on up. Shadow facts. Shadow facts. Okay. Um, come on. I don't know this stuff. Come over here. The, you the, Americans okay. with your... The, 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 no, well, you no, no, no. You, you stay here. You stay here. J.R. Tolkien. Come an on. Okay. Okay. an English author. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the fifth to be published uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. The sixth book. A man fifth and book. his horse. A boy and his horse. Almost. A horse and his boy. Correct. The horse and his boy. <laughs> okay. Come on. Uh, this. Th- this book inspired by Buck Branaham, Branaman, Branaman. Uh, who is considered a Zen master in the world of horses, was made into a film directed and starred. Just Buck. Buck, correct. Yeah. And, no, it starred, star, starring Robert Redford, this movie. Horse Whisperer. Correct, the, the Horse, horse Whisperer. whisperer. Okay. Uh, nicknamed Big Red, this was an American Oops. thoroughbred racehorse who in 1973 became the first Triple Crown winner in 25 years. You know this one, come on. From Virginia. Oh gosh, I've got that. At home. Um, it's uh, now I'm gonna space. Um, um, it's, um, we can come back to it. Go ahead, come back. Okay, a mythical winged divine stallion, one of the most recognized creatures in Greek mythology, ridden by um, Pegasus. Correct, yes, Pegasus. Nice. An ancient tale describes this huge wooden structure in which hid Greek soldiers. Uh, the Trojan oh. horse. Trojan yeah. horse, correct. A 1961 TV show starring a talking Palomino. Oh crap! I know that. Uh, I don't know that. Next. Next. Um, this was the f- subject of a, a book. S- uh, sec- secretariat. Secretariat. Secretary, yay! Yes. This was the subject <laughs> of a book by Laura Hillenbrand, and it was made into a movie nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. It was a top money winning racehorse in the 1940s. Oh. Um, uh, Think. Okay, we'll come back to I it. I know that one, but I do know that one. Um, well, we'll come back to it. Think, think about a crusty piece of bread out yeah, in the I'm ocean. Like, uh, Old rusty. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to it. What was Lone Ranger's, I read it. Lone Lone Ranger's horse is called? Come on. Well, that's the cowboy thing. Hi-ho. Hi-ho Silver. Silver, Silver yeah. correct. <laughs> Thanks uh, for the help there. This was Woody's horse in Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. Oh. But, uh, bullseye. Bullseye, yes. correct. Yeah. Uh, this is an entertainment franchise developed by Hasbro, uh, originally as a toy line for girls. The ponies feature beautiful... My Little Pony. Correct. Ooh, well. The horse who pursued Flynn Rider in Disney's Tangled. Um, oh, I just watched this. Um... <laughs> Never seen that. Okay. Um, and this was an American thoroughbred racehorse, best known for his as a rival of, of um, Seabiscuit in the match. Seabiscuit was the answer to the other Oh, one. correct. <laughs> in the match of the century. 19- Man of War? No. Ooh, no, uh, close. Uh, close. Dang it. War. Horse. War, war Admiral. Correct. Yes. And there's your timer. <laughs> well done. I think Will gets the mug. <laughs> Um, yeah. See, that wasn't that bad. You had Will to help. I yeah. don't know if you would have won that mug without no, him. I don't think so. I think I don't think I won the I think mug. I, I think mug. I think Will's won the mug for sure. <laughs> um, any funny moments that uh, <clears throat> come to mind of horses? I mean, you mentioned this yourself, or or the or Sterling had mentioned voice this. You know, like, gosh, is this safe? You know, for kids, you think of oh, kids yeah. in. Uh, 
But I mean, mm-hmm. not that a, a kid getting hurt would be funny. But <laughs> are there are there any funny uh, moments? <clears throat> no. So, sometimes our clients, are, you know, can be really um, entertaining and the things they like to play and stuff. Um, I don't know. They love to play. Some of them like to play. You know, hide and seek or. Um, I think it's funny when they kick barrels over or, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, I don't know. The horses tend not to do too many funny things in class. It's always interesting how they really understand what their role is there and that, you know, um, my daughter helps me with the training and she can ride some of the horses and she's like, whoa, mom, they were you know, they were on one today and full of energy and then they get in the class and they're like going to sleep, you know, because they understand that they need to be quiet and calm. So, huh. yeah. How, how do you know they understand? Because they can be different with different people. Uh, I think they understand what their role is. And by understand, I mean that they tend to be quieter and calmer in a lesson situation uh-huh. than they are necessarily when we train them. They understand the difference between, you know, it's like they understand what their role is. And the one thing that always touches me is um, when I've seen a few times that, you know, we'll have a child in a wheelchair and the horse will come up and put its head in their lap or just touch it gently with their nose and, um, you know, and they just seem to understand what's needed of them at times. And that's just, not, and, and you haven't trained them with no, su- sugar cubes to do that. Absolutely I mean, not. That's yeah. just, that's their intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible what horses will do for yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. No, that's amazing. Uh, how do you personally communicate with the horses? Um, well, we use the horse's natural language of communicating with each other and harness that um, through teaching them, uh, you know, how to respond correctly to and appropriately to pressure, um, whether that's direct pressure or rhythmic pressure. Um, and then we also, we play, we're very playful with them when we're training them. We play a lot of games and we know that they're often motivated by treats. And so, yeah, all of us. And so, yeah, we just make sure there's something in it with the horses. Um, hmm. Yeah, we listen to them as well. You know, they tell us when they're happy to do a certain class or they're not happy to do a certain hmm. class and we don't use them in that way. So they, they hmm. generally, they, they're, they're just like people. They, talk to us all the time hmm. can be very juvenile in their behavior but also very profound at the same time yeah yeah definitely <clears throat> hmm. uh, something we talked about a, mo- a little bit ago was um talked about how courage reigns um helps people with physical and cognitive disabilities and also victims of abuse yeah um what does that look like well, those are three very different things. And sure. so cognitively, um, often probably 67% of our riding uh, clients are working on different types of, uh, of sequencing, of learning how to um, to follow a sequence of uh, pattern. And so we'll be very mindful in the class of how many layers of sequencing they can handle so maybe they will just handle two things so we'll give them a task like uh, ride to the red barrel stop your horse pick up a green hoop (laughs) and um, 
And we'll work then on building up how many sequences of activities that they can do. Of, of, okay. Yeah. Okay. That type of thing. Um, and then um, in terms of the emotional impact, we have a program called Natural Horsemanship, which is much more about how to build a relationship with a horse and how to connect with a horse and uh, partner with them and, and understand how to harness their language and use their language to move them around effectively on the ground. Um, and that is a course that helps people a lot more with their with confidence and uh, relationships and um, social skills, self-awareness, um, that type of thing. Okay. And... <clears throat> Have you seen people, um, I know you, you may have kind of already answered this, but victims of abuse, um, yes. whether it be physical, sexual, emotional, mm-hmm. h- how are they helped? Um, I think a lot of it is about um, developing their confidence once again. Um, I'm just I'm trying to picture clients in my mind because uh, sure. everyone's very different. And what they, it seems to me um, that they get out of it what they need. Um, when we have clients come into our natural horsemanship program, they don't come in just for one quarter, which is three months. They're, they've been with us for, for a number of years, right? Um, and they stay with us because they're getting from it what they feel they need. Um, so, for example, let me think of some clients. I'll picture them in my mind. So um, we have one client, the very first client I had that came to us uh, had been hospitalized for a year um, through danger of self-harm and his mom found that after each one hour natural horsemanship session, he felt sustained in his life for about 36 hours. So we went to doing two natural horsemanship sessions a week with him. And bear in mind, this is done with an equine specialist, not a therapist. So the, the focus really is on skill development. So he's learning how to control a thousand pound animal on the ground. Um, hmm. He's learning how to communicate with them. It's very, very empowering. Um, And also, we're very involved in skill development. So for that one hour, any problems that they have or any worries or stresses or concern, really, we don't talk about though. They're left at the gate. They're just focusing on being in the here and the now and being present with their horse. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of unplugging from that. Unplugging. Indirectly. You know, it's affecting. Yeah, and they're working uh-huh. very much on themselves. So I'll give you an example of this one young man. One of the games that we play uh, is called the yo-yo game. And the yo-yo game is about learning how to um, use phases of energy to send the horse back and away from you and then relaxing and then your energy to invite the horse back into your space. Like a yo-yo, it goes out, comes back, goes oh, out, okay. comes back. Okay. Um, so a lot of our horses are trained in these games already so they're quite sensitive to the cues that the clients will give them but this young man was able to back a horse a thousand pound animal out of his space by just wagging his finger at the horse to say you know move back move back um and that's that can feel very empowering for somebody who's lost a lot of control in their life oh sure yeah Uh uh-huh yeah gosh you know that goes along i i uh, got kind of nerdy about this. I looked up Bristol University's oh, yeah. <laughs> Latin motto, and it's "Vim Promovet 
in satam you probably have that memorized no um and 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 that and and that's translated translated as learning promotes one's innate power uh-huh so yeah. that's kind of what you're describing with this horsemanship is tapping into their innate power yeah definitely their, helping them become aware that they are able yes and uh, and that they um, they learn a lot about themselves. You know, when you're working with a horse, the horse, like Will was saying uh, earlier, is can be very much a mirror. So if you have very uh, murky boundaries, the horse will push on you and, and may not do what you want. So in order to be successful with the horse, you have to start having some re- self-reflection and say, you know what, um, I'm trying to get this horse <clears throat> to move its shoulder away from me. But in actual fact, it keeps stepping into my space. What do I have to change about myself to be successful with this horse in this moment? So, um, yeah. And and what we found is people do make those changes. They do have clearer boundaries. They do huh. learn to say, you know what? You need to move out of my space. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I remember watching on a, a TV show a few years ago about... Um, ex-convicts who were working with yeah. with disabled uh-huh. horses uh-huh. Um, helping to re- rehabilitate the horses yeah yeah there's been a lot done in prison in the prison service i know in england and in america as well with working with with wild horses in the u.s it's been mustangs and um and having that humbling experience where you have to really look at yourself in order to have success with this animal and learn how to speak horse and respond to their needs in the moment has really changed a lot of of those folks lives yeah Yeah, I remember my grandpa would they had this really wild horse and they would commonly talk about okay we're going to break this horse and they would talk about breaking the horse and and, um, that was an interesting term to me as a little boy uh, but it sounds like uh, that's you're not breaking your horses. It sounds I don't I'm not that familiar with the horse whisperer. Yeah. But it it sounds like you're not whipping the horses and getting them to. It. I mean, you talked about natural horsemanship. Is, yeah, is and bear di- in mind that horse naturally will kick each other too, right? Or bite. Sure. Yeah, and so you're just you don't want that. Well, you're still using those tools of communication with the horse, for sure. Uh-huh. The horse needs to know that you mean business and you will follow through, just like the alpha would in the herd. Okay. So, but you're the diff... Yeah. So What's the, that? Mouthful of hair. Yeah, we don't tend to bite them. <laughs> um, but it's, it, maybe it's like have parenting teenagers. Um, yeah, you, there has to be, you know, yeah, there has to be a consequence, okay. right, for you to be taken seriously with your teenager, and it's the same with a horse, and it's the same in life. Um, and so, yeah, there's uh-huh. there's definitely uh, there's a limit that the horse's behavioral hit, and they'll say uh-huh. you'll have to say no, that's that's not okay. Yeah. Um, but no, breaking in is kind of a uh, a term, perhaps that's it, with it brings up ideas of you know beating a horse to submission sure no natural horsemanship is using the harnessing the horse's language and you're you're by that you don't need to beat them into submission because they understand what you're saying to them right yeah yeah so it's communicating Uh yeah interesting um there's a there's some comments on the website about uh you know relying heavily on the donations and there's been some very generous donations yeah. 
and um, has allowed you to move mountains. Um, Absolutely. I saw on the website there, there's an option for someone to sponsor a horse. Uh-huh. And yeah. there's probably more ways to donate. What would you say to someone who's interested in that? I would say you just absolutely do whatever you can because whatever you can do is going to make an enormous difference to our clients' lives. And seriously, we would not be here without the support of our donors. This this life-changing therapy would just not be a possibility. There are so many therapy centers that that don't survive because they don't have support. And fortunately, Courage Reigns does have support and hopefully will continue to have great support from donors so yeah 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 well yeah. yeah. we're we'll, we'll we'll yeah. i'm gonna turn this down because you got a stronger voice than she okay yeah and and i guess i should have made this clear in the beginning if anyone's wondering courage reigns you know it's r-e-i-n-s not like a, a monarch would reign um, but that makes sense. Okay, what would you like to say? Oh, yeah, no. So you asked about horse sponsorships and sure. donations. And yeah. um, currently our, our financial makeup is that is such that a third of our costs are covered in kind. So they're given in kind buildings, land, hay, horses themselves are all donated. Um, and then a third of the cost is covered by donations, financial, you know, Sure. Financial yeah. donations. And then the the rest of it is covered by the client themselves. So we're looking for that third that needs to come in from a cash perspective, right? Part of that equation is is uh, horse sponsorships. Those are just straight up costs that we deal with, you know, having horses and the cost to feed them and to sure. train them and Muck take care of. Stalls and, and, just yeah. everything that goes into that. Um, a, a horse sponsorship is $5,000. Uh-huh. It's about what it costs us to, for each horse that we have in our program. And that covers a per, lot of cool things. Per year? Per or, year, yeah, yeah uh-huh. on, a, on an annual basis, yeah. yeah. Um, that covers training. You know, we, we may need a professional to be exercising and training them every week of sure. the year. yeah. And um, each horse consumes over uh, 5,000 pounds of feed every year and and that that can be a huge expense some years is that's a major expense like a year like this it's dry oh sure yeah it, it, hey prices can skyrocket yeah, sure there's just some challenges there and then some horses have a lot of health issues so um you know five thousand dollars really covers a lot of different things uh-huh. it, it covers five thousand pounds of feed covers maybe uh 50 hours of training plus per year vet expenses yeah vet visits and vaccines and um just all kinds of different things that go into shoeing them and trimming their hooves and and what what would you say to someone who's who's thinking well you know i i I don't really have a five thousand dollar check i can write uh how how might someone so yeah so i mean non-profit it's you can't you can't um take say to someone oh you cover this specific person's pay Sure. You know, pay for them. That's what people want, uh-huh. but it has to be something that's set across the board for everybody. So what we've done is we created a, a sponsor a child uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Por- program, and we say child because the majority of our kids are pedi- or our clients are pediatrics. Uh-huh. We don't turn away adults, but but majority of them are. And so if you were to give a hundred dollars, let's say, you would help sponsor three kids in three sessions. Okay, um, that would help them through help sure. cover that third of a cost that that is 
part of a yeah. session. If you gave $1,000, you could sponsor a group session for a quarter. Um, you know, and we run on a quarterly basis. Um, so there's a lot of different opportunities and, and each client, when they sign a contract, they see the amount that's sponsored by, by donors and, and that becomes a valuable, um, part of their experience. And it sounds like part of the mission to Courage Reigns is to, um, help anyone who's really wanting it to be able to, you know, regardless of their ability to, to pay that there's this, there's, we're actually not to that point. Mm. where we can say anyone can come regardless of their ability to pay mm. because we don't have that level of financial support. Mm. Frankly, I mean, we don't have a nest egg to where we can say sure. you can apply for this sponsorship and on a needs base basis we will give you the services. Right now we have to do it across the board. Everyone, we just keep their costs low, sure. which for the majority of our clients is a, is a big deal and um, and so, yeah, we, we don't have that yet. And that's a goal of ours to get to a point where we might have somewhat of a foundation that, that people can, can apply for services and on a sliding uh-huh. scale be, based on their ability to pay. Sure. Anyone interested would just go to couragereigns.org. .org. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say about that? No, come come find out of us. If you can't give financially, you can give give with time, and and we rely heavily on volunteers. Um, I, I understand your daughter has volunteered there some, and and that's yes, yes, yeah, she enjoyed it. I think she might have had a little bit of a, a um, <laughs> bless you, kind of a whimsical idea about it. You know, she loves to ride horses. <laughs> so, yes, but she did a lot of you know cleaning and 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 uh, she got to touch the horses every now and then. But she enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that. With the volunteerism, um, we ask for a one-hour commitment a week. Uh-huh. And if you're willing to commit for that and you come on a regular basis, there's a great chance that you'll get trained to lead, to sidewalk, to interact with the horse, uh-huh. help tack the horse, bring that, catch the horse, release him. And yeah. so that interaction with horses increases with the more commitment that you have because we have to train. And once we train... Sure. That's time and effort and money sure. that we've put into you. And, and so, yeah, your, your daughter still could have more chances to have horse interactions. But, unfortunately, we don't offer riding for volunteers. Yeah. And she's she's gone. She's she's flown the coop. <laughs> well, you've got other kids, I yes, know. Yes, yes, so. yes. Yeah. 14-year-olds and older. He may really like it, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. 14 and older. Yep. Well, um, let, maybe if you're – I can pull Angie back in the seat and I'll just – We'll wrap up with any other closing thoughts. Um, you mentioned earlier that you and your daughter needed some horse time. Yeah. So are you saying that you have personally felt the therapy Absolutely. benefits? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I, sh- I shouldn't imagine there's a single horse owner out there that doesn't feel like if they've had a bad day that they can't go out and groom their horse and find a therapeutic benefit to that time. Hmm. You know, I there's something very wonderful. Used the word mystical earlier about horses and being with them, and so yeah, definitely felt the therapeutic benefits. I've got my own horses now, so I can go get my horse okay. time there. In fact, yesterday I was up in the mountains here and had my dose of therapy yesterday morning for one hour when I got to ride my hmm. horse in the in the the, the, the creek the creek of the leather saddle the oh yeah the clop of the All that. and just grooming them yeah. and the smell yeah. of them and mm. 
yeah I'll say it's a good time you feel if you've done something like that you feel you can cope with what life has to throw at you you know when you had a little time out for yourself Hmm. what are you what what would you say has been um or what are you um actually you mentioned a couple of these things some of your mantras were um take time to smell the roses yeah um you know there's a lot of messages that you could have shared why did you share that one um because that's what i try to do every day and i think you know um a courage rain says there's a lot of challenges to run a non-for-profit on a very tight budget and to serve as many people as we can um horses are you know they get hurt and they they get ill and there's a, there's a lot of challenges involved with running a equestrian uh, therapy center uh, and i think you need to take little moments out just to enjoy the things that make you feel good and that's and when you're uh, teaching a session at courage <clears throat> having that mind to pull out those little moments of success and celebrate them that's the same the same thing that i i do every day you know just to notice that time when that client gave you eye contact and they hadn't done that before those little moments and so taking the time to smell the roses is something that i use all the time in my own life just a little reminder to check in and and notice the positive right Hmm. yeah Well, it's been really positive to have both of y'all here. I I loved it. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah, you did loads of prep as well. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm, I am trying to be worthy of your, your presence. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, I um, is, there, are, are there, is there any message that, uh, kind of that you'd like to close with that you'd hope people think of when they think of uh, Courage Reigns? You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think Courage Reigns is an entirely special place um, where everyone's welcome. Um, and I want to extend out what Will said about volunteerism um, is is crucial um, for us. And not only for us, but for us volunteers too. I came to Courage Reigns as a volunteer and it I found it very fulfilling. It gave me a great sense of belonging in my community and I took away from it uh, a feeling that I was making a difference in people's lives. And um, so anyone can volunteer at any time. And then obviously financially, you know, we we really need people's support to continue and grow. As Will said, one of our great desires is to be able to have um a fund where people who are struggling financially uh, can apply for assistance to pay for lessons. Um, that's a great, uh, great desire of ours. And um, yeah, thank you for letting us put the message out there today about Courage Reigns. Yeah, uh, again, the organization is Courage Reigns, that's R E I N S, just like the reins you would guide a horse with. And you can find more information on couragereigns.org. And <clears throat> it's nice to have you over, neighbors. Thank I can you. See your property from here, and thanks for spending your time. All right, thanks very much. Well, that was a great time that I had with Angie Moody and uh, Will Marriott. Uh, and thank you, Will, for being such a great helper for Angie to get through that quiz. And um, they both went home with a in retrospect mug. 
So it was nice to meet with my neighbors, and I can literally, from my the Yorkshire studio, I can see the property, and I've driven past it many times. I've been over there, seen the horses, fed them some carrots, whether or not I was supposed to. But um, it's a lovely program, and it's really cool to have them here and, and to spotlight this uh, this good work that they're doing. So thanks again, Angie and Will, for coming over. And if, uh, if, if this did anything positive to any of you, um, I'm going to ask that you share it with someone. Um, there's a lot of bad news. Bad news sells and makes the front page. And, and then you hear a story like this, a nonprofit organization helping people overcome disabilities or abuse and and so i want to encourage anyone who has enjoyed this podcast to stop when they're done and hit the share button on their phone share it on facebook on instagram just take one moment maybe it would take you a minute or so and share this positive story with someone who might appreciate it i know i'd appreciate my podcast keep being shared but above above and beyond that getting uh, such a cool story like this out there uh, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, searching In Retrospect Podcast. And of course, you can see photos of Angie and Will uh, in the studio on our blog, inretrospectpodcast.blogspot.com. And so for me, to all of you out there, may light and peace ever grow in your life. May your socks be dry and unholy. And may all your cinnamon rolls be slightly overdone. See y'all later. Mm-hmm.